welcome to episode 58 of Life's a Sport. Listen up. I'm Joe, joined today by Shane, and it is football season. We're going to preview the Eagles and Falcons game coming Thursday night, and we're also going to recap Penn State's week one victory over Appalachian State in a uh, real nail-biter that took a couple of years off my life. We also have a Shane train for you. We hope you enjoy what you're here. The Eagles defend or begin the defense of their Super Bowl this Thursday night at home against the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to get the rings. They're going to raise the banner. Uh, and then they're going to have a football game to play uh, without Carson Wentz, which I guess is not necessarily a surprise, um, although Doug Peterson would have wanted you to believe it was. But it looks like as of today, the Eagles have officially announced Foles will start. So it's not without Wentz then. It's just Foles is getting the start. Correct. Foles is starting. Uh, I guess Wentz will be wearing a baseball cap on the sideline. Um, so he's not dressing? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I, well, I don't know, maybe. I, I don't think he's I think clear. Wentz comes out at halftime. I don't think he was cleared for contact, though. He couldn't practice. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. But regardless, Foles is going to start. He, he wasn't great in the preseason, especially um, the, the one, I guess it was the third preseason game he really struggled in. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting um, interesting game. A Thursday night game is never fun, even the first one of the season. There's going to be a lot of extracurricular stuff going on. Uh Peterson just basically came to the end of his end of his rope with with the media yesterday and and just kind of lit into the guys uh, accusing the writers of putting words in his mouth and, and such. So I'm scared to death of this game. Um, really, really, really scared of this game. I think the Eagles lose. Uh, I, I, if I'm a betting man, I'm taking Falcons for sure. Um, I'm 100% with you. We were, you know, two years ago, very confident when the Eagles played the Falcons, and, and I think it was their home opener, if, if I remember correctly. It was the first game of the season, for sure. I can't remember where it was, though. Um, I think it was Philly, though, and the Falcons. You know, no, that was in Atlanta. So last year? Two years ago. Yeah, Chip, two Chip, years Chip ago. Kelly's uh, okay. final season, right? Because I remember, um, who was that linebacker that they traded McCoy for? Kiko Alonso. Kiko Alonso. He made, yeah. like, a great one. Remember that one-handed interception in the end zone? Oh, yeah. yeah. He made that play. I was like, oh, that's going to be great. And then he was, like, done for the season. <laughs> um, so the Falcons have Peterson home before. The Falcons are a really good team, and I haven't heard, yeah. like, enough. I don't. I just feel like I haven't heard enough about how, how good the Falcons really are. They're. I think they're going to be a top-four team was, in, the, in the NFC this know, year. Nine out of ten times, the Falcons, Julio Jones makes that play, and the Falcons beat the mm-hmm. Eagles in that game. So... Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the Eagles are two and a half point favorites right now. It's, it's, well, it went down. It was three and it's gone down. I believe it it was three and a half when it opened, I think. And and now it's, I'm not sure what the, what the stats are on, on, um, teams that win the Super Bowl playing in that opening game. I think typically it's pretty good, but I know last year the, the Patriots had lost uh, to Kansas city. Right, right, Um, right. I think that happens again. I I think just with the, with the momentum of, of getting your rings, having the banner, it just takes away, you know, you, you're sort of living in the previous year rather than in the in the right. moment for uh, for the current season. And I think the Falcons are just, they're going to come out and jump all over them in the first half. It, it certainly seems that way. And I think Matt Ryan is, is really going to be hungry. This is sort of get, getting to the point in his, uh, in his career where, I mean, the Falcons had a little bit of a hangover, I assume, from the worst Super Bowl loss and maybe the worst sports loss in history in, in their Super Bowl, yeah. um, which was just a total meltdown. And, and I think that they, they probably weren't – They were. I mean, they were a good team last year, but they probably weren't as, as explosive as they should have been. And I think one of the reasons for that is is Ryan was dealing with Sarkeesian for the first yeah, first that, year. So that's this what comes is his down second to. year with, with – uh, You look what Shanahan's been able to do yeah. with every single one of his offenses. Mm-hmm. You can see why they took the step back this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll have another year with Sarkeesian, and, and maybe they find some common ground, and that's going to be dangerous. Um, I'm curious if Peterson's uh, media little, little pouting session um, – 
was simply just frustration built up, which, which is totally understandable because he spent the last two months answering the same question over and 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 over again. I don't. So it's it's. I I saw the headline that he he flipped out on, but that that's extended. I don't read what these guys write. It's it's the worst. It's a lot of poking the bear, and and he finally had enough, but. I almost think that maybe his team needed a uh, it's the ice maker. Yeah. Maybe his team needed some sort of a, a jolt, and um, and that might be the thing to give it to them. Kind of get them in the right mentality. Okay, like us against the media, underdogs, uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, still, I'm just not. I'm not confident that this team is is ready to go. I, I I haven't. I just haven't been encouraged at all. And I'm not talking like I, I could care less about the preseason. Believe me, but I just haven't been encouraged by this team. It's. Yeah, they're they're banged up. I mean, in the you, yeah. you think about Wentz is gone. They're they're starting wide receiver. Jeffrey is not there. They're starting running back. Has not had any positive news mm-hmm. with his knees being you know acted up. Well, uh, when you have arthritis, you have arthritis. It's not like yeah. it's not like a surgery so, or something. It's you know that's chronic. Yeah. You're you know, th- three most important skill positions. Um, yeah. The Eagles' case, obviously, they have Ertz, who's probably their best pass catcher, catcher but three important positions that are not there. I think their defense is going to be stout, but I, yeah. I don't think the offense puts up too many points this game. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. I think um, start to finish. And, and I, I certainly um, like the Falcons with, with those points. I think it, it will be a close game, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the, if the Falcons win, um, win outright. So it, it's, it's a tough and look, the Eagles schedule the whole season is difficult. It's, there's so many weird night games. They got to play that stupid game in London. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't add up to be some great season. No. It's, it's so, even if they are a very talented team, they're probably not as talented going into this season as they were um, last season. And especially, or maybe I'm saying that because I know what Wentz was, but going into the season, I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way their schedule set up, they have to play so many of these difficult games on the road and night games. And, and as I said, the London game, it, it's, a, it's a difficult season. This is such a tough start. So it's, it's just, I mean, this could... You hope in the NFL it doesn't demolish your season if you if you lose the first game. But, I don't think, it but does. from a, a standpoint of confidence, it really is going to depend how this team looks, and um, they're, they they're going to need to really play just incredible football to win. And Foles is going to have to get back to that that uh, Super Bowl form for for them to beat the Falcons. I think. Yeah, I mean, every game in the NFL is important, but what I really think this season comes down to is just go five and one against the NFC East yeah. and make your way into the playoffs, and then. You know, you'll have all the momentum on your side at that yeah, point. Yeah, and uh, you know, it it looks like when you when you look at just a injury report, Falcons have no injuries, um, nothing important at least, and and the Eagles have all kinds of guys that are banged up with with different ailments, and some guys not playing, of course. So it's a tough game to start the season with, but uh, but it's exciting. It's exciting nonetheless. Do you have a pre- uh, projection for the season or for the game? For the game, uh, give me Eagles twenty one twenty. Okay, I will go with uh, Falcons 24-17. All right, Thursday night, three days from now. It's crazy, it's back. The uh, Yeah, from now until February, football every Sunday. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's the greatest thing in the world. We're, we're, when we come back, we're going to talk, uh, uh, talk about Penn State, and I just realized on Saturday I just love college football so much. It was yeah. just great, just great. Penn State is 1-0 and after week one, and, and when you really get down to it, that's all that matters. Uh, the game was extremely, extremely close. Appalachian State is a good team. That's that's the number one thing to, to really remember here is that App State is the best non-conference team they're going to play, and, and that's not like, ooh, F Pitt and all that stuff. They're, they're better than Pitt, and they're, and they're certainly better than 
I don't know who we play, Kent State or something yeah. um, after after Pitt. So it's the best out of conference team we're going to play. We talked about it last week on the podcast. Jalen Moore, Clifton Duck. Uh, you know, Jalen Moore wasn't his explosive self, but had some nice runs. Um, Clifton Duck had great plays up until he let Hamler slip by uh, at the end of the game there. And and the one thing that certainly everything hinged on was Appalachian State's quarterback Zach Thomas. And I mean, come on, <laughs> like come on. It, it, that's the best. That's the best quarterback in the country. If he plays like that, I mean, that's the first pick in the draft. It was inc- the throws he was making were incredible. <laughs> yeah, just, were really I, just come on. Like that, that's not something. I'm that, shocked he came back in the game after he took that hit to the yeah, center of his back. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. That was, that was ugly. Oh man, the whiplash on his neck. I mean, he made the, the one was a touchdown. It, it was Foles in the Super Bowl. That's yeah, what it looked. He yeah, was just putting yeah. the ball like in literally. If it went an inch to either any other direction, it's incomplete or intercepted. And he was just dropping dimes all over the field. It was it was kind of ridiculous. That being said, if Penn State's defense shows up like that against Ohio State, Ohio State will hang seventy seven on them with with mm-hmm. without a problem. Um, but so so I mean that's I have a couple takeaways. And number one is the defense is certainly a little bit shaky. But you know Kevin Givens did not play with a violation of team rules. Not sure what that was. So Fred Hanser plays defensive tackle, and I was kind of excited about Fred Hanser to de tackle, but. Um, didn't didn't exactly look look great. So when you get Givens back, that's going to be a plus. Um, but but the the one other big takeaway aside from the defense being a little bit shaky is that McSorley is just he's just a winner. Like even <laughs> even in that situation, it just it obviously looked a lot like the Iowa game. Um, kind of going down going down the field after after uh, Hamler's risky um, return. But uh, you just sort of it's like all right there's no way they're gonna win this game but at the same time you're like you know what <laughs> trace yeah. mcsorley is, is a winner it's so funny how some people are just categorized as that like they're not the most talented in any mm-hmm. way but they just find a way yeah. to get it done and yeah. that's that's one of the reasons i think mcsorley's be, been compared to baker mayfield mm-hmm. so much this year is because yeah. neither of them are elite no. in terms of like passing i think i think baker's a better passer obviously but yeah but they're but not they just six, find four, a way five two twenty yeah they're not pocket passer they just pass, do yeah. little things and it's their energy that yeah. really people feed off of and yeah, yeah he, he um he had he played well. The throw he made to Hamler to, to tie the game, and, and as I said before, Clifton Duck, the the cornerback for um, Appalachian State, made plays all over the field, and, and Hamler just just I mean that's why they call him the human joystick. He just deked him, got by him, and mm-hmm. McSorley must have seen that deke and just trusted it when he threw the ball because he had two guys right in his face, and he yeah. just he just fired it in. Well, there it was one on one. Give your receiver yeah, or yeah, a chance right, to a make chance. the play, and what right. he did, he he put in a good spot. He threw yeah. it high. And he, Go up and get it, and you know yep. he got good position and, and brought it down. Yep. So speaking of uh, KJ Hamler, I thought I thought it was interesting. Franklin said, uh, you know, after the first half, I mean Hamler was technically a starter on the depth chart um, in the slot, and and he had two catches for seven yards in, in the first the first half. And Franklin just said, like, what's going on? Like, have some fun. I mean, everyone that you know really follows Penn State social media and stuff, Hamler's always. He's extremely cocky, extremely confident. He's always like joking and singing and dancing and kind of like the like the Marcus Allen role almost with the dancing at practice and, and things like that. So um Franklin said, What are you doing? Like have, have some fun. He said, No, coach, I'm locked in. He said, No, like, no, I want you to play like like you practice. Like that that's the KJ Hamler we need. So sure enough in the, in the second half and, and it could have been disastrous, of course, when Hamler came out of the end zone on the, so, on the return. I mean, that kicker was just blasting the balls out of the end zone. Correct. And I yes. think at that point, like Every time the guy came back and he's like, nope, take a knee, take a knee. Mm-hmm. Finally, he was just, he was like, fuck it, I'm going to try and make a play. And that that's what it looked like, and that's what happened. Yeah. And luckily, it worked out. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, he's getting tackled within inside the 10 or 15-yard line yep. in, that, in that situation. He made that one Barkley-esque deke and, and got out to the to the outside and, and down the sideline. Um, but I, I said, so Appalachian State, um, just speaking of special teams, and Penn State's special teams, um, not great. Jake, Jake 
uh, Pinnegar, the freshman kicker, was 7-for-7 seven seven on extra points and 1-for-1 one one on field goals from 32 yards out, so that was fine. Um, of course, the mistackling on, on Appalachian State's return was was disastrous, and, and Hamler, that could have been a disastrous move. So, the uh, you know, I give the the special teams a B-minus, I guess, because there was some horrible and some great, and that, that was kind of it. But Appalachian State's... Um, uh, Appalachian State's special teams, the punter was also, he, he pinned a couple punts. That's why I was really surprised when they attempted that 56 yarder for the win. Um, not, not that it, not that yeah. it killed you, him in the long you have run to get for that. Well, you know, everyone saw, of course, or have seen highlights of, of Auburn beating Alabama on a missed 56 yard field goal that, that Penn State didn't even have anyone back there. No, 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 they didn't. But at the same time, I just said, you know, do you want to give Penn State the ball at, on the 30, whatever it was, 34, 33 yard line? So that guy, his long was a 53 yarder and right. he was attempting a 56. It was fifty six or fifty seven. Okay, yeah. So he's attempting that, like that, and right. you got to think if you're if you made it that far, you, you have a yeah, chance with yeah. three extra yards. I mean, you just need a good gust of wind or whatever. Adrenaline's going at that point. Yeah. You, you, I, I, I and absolutely would have sent my kicker out there and said, you know what, let's go for the win right now. And, and perhaps what Scott Satterfield was thinking was, well, we always do this, and then we lose in overtime, which happened to them against Wake Forest and against Tennessee, um, and sure enough, against Penn State. So that's another another. Uh, just, just heartbreaker for, for for App State. So even when I was watching that, if App State tied it up in overtime, do you mm-hmm. go for two? If you're App State, yeah, they would have. Yeah, they would have. I think you yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It, it comes down to yeah. you know what we've come this far. Let's mm-hmm. let's go beat them. Yeah, uh, they, that, that's what they I absolutely would have. Because in that Tennessee game, it ended up going to three overtimes. In Tennessee, this was two years ago. In Tennessee, was I, I want to say Tennessee was were they tenth? In, they may have been tenth in the country, if I'm remembering correctly. But they took them to three overtimes and and lost. So they probably probably would have gone for two and especially look i mean that quarterback could have closed his eyes spun around 10 times and threw the ball and it was going to be a perfect pass it was like incredible so penn state wins i don't know 48 45 45 38 45 38 is the final um obviously that's too i mean they gave up 28 points in the fourth quarter so that's a huge problem john reed like was not being able to close out games i mean that's what happened to ohio state last year yeah 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 and that's that's going to be um something that you really have to work on, but I mean, Appalachian state is better than, better than Pitt. And it's not saying like, we're going to go steamroll Pitt because that's going to be a tough game, but App state's a really good team. And I think when App state has nine wins at the end of the season or, or 10 wins at the end of the season, it's going, and they're, I would, I mean, it would be really hard for me to picture a scenario where App state doesn't finish like, you know, number 22, 23, 24, 25 in the country. So it's going to be a top 25 win mm-hmm. for Penn state at the end of the day. Hopefully, and I'm yeah. really confident in that. I was a little disappointed in, in Juwan Johnson's usage. So he, that's my uh, number five point. Yeah. Okay. So so real quick, he he didn't really they didn't really target him till the third quarter. I'm watching the first half and I'm, yeah. I'm just saying like what's going on. And then they yeah. came out in the third and it looks like they had a game plan. We're gonna throw it to him. And he made a few good plays. Mm-hmm. He used his body, got in good position. Yeah. He had that one drop. Uh, I think it was in the fourth well, along he, the sidelines. He it's, had. Um, it, it was a. He should have caught it. Um, well, should have, could have, but he didn't. That one was, so I, I counted, he had three. The, one was the first drive of the game where they got bailed, bailed out by that penalty. That was just a drop. And then the other one, he wasn't looking the, for the ball. The, the well, Yeah, when was that one? That was that, like, was, that was in the first quarter the first as well quarter when as well. he was, yeah. it was like it a did, third and two or something like got, that. He was get, crossing over in the middle of the field. Yes. Did he get like spun around? Was it throw behind him or something? I, I'm trying to remember. It, 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 was, it sort of looked like he was trying to get yeah. out of the way of someone crossing with him. I don't know if it was the umpire or the referee. It was or, a weird, yeah, okay, I remember that now. It was a weird... But his yeah, head just flight. wasn't looking, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and the other one just kind of went, yeah, what, I mean, he probably should, I don't know, if you if you want to play on Sundays, you have to make that catch, but mm-hmm. it, it was nonetheless a, a I, I, I also think that play, when you're when you're involved the way he was, I mean, you, as a receiver, anytime you have a chance to make 
a play, you need to catch the ball. Right. I think, though, that if you're just being utilized for like five minutes here and then mm-hmm. there's a 15-minute break where you're not targeted, that's yeah. going to make it more challenging to make those difficult catches. Again, if like you said, if you won't play on Sundays, you need yeah. to be ready every time the ball's thrown to you. But I really would have liked to see him be more of a focal point. I think he'll get it together. And the other, the other, you know, other st- the wide receiver starting opposite him, DeAndre Tompkins, didn't have a single catch. Uh, so those are things that are going to change. I mean, it's not always going to be, um, you know, the way it was against uh, App State. And and a lot of that has to do with, you know, the guy we talked about, Clifton Duck. They have, you know, an All-American or, or preseason All-American in their secondary. It makes things a little bit more difficult on the receivers. Um, but Penn State also focused on running the ball, and they got plenty of work for, for Miles Sanders. I think at 18 carries, Ricky Slade had seven in the 36-yard touchdown. Or no, I'm sorry, had seven for 36 and a uh, uh, touchdown run was, I don't know, 22 of those yards or yeah, something. Six for 39, six for 39 and a yeah. uh, touchdown. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it nice run on the touchdown, but the blocking was... The, the yeah, I was really impressed with their running game. R- really good blocking. And Miles Sanders looked good. Um, I mean, everyone running the ball had over 4.4 yeah. uh, average. Yeah, the offensive line yeah. would look just look great. And they, um, I mean, it's it's kind of... it's I, I like it a lot, but and I'm not sure... I'm not sure how sustainable it is, but they were rotating at... at um, at right tackle, Will Fries and and Chaz Wright the entire game, uh, so it was it was interesting. But but there were some really nice blocks, especially on the slate touchdown around the line. We knew the line was going to be good; it was good. The other thing, only one tackle for a loss. Um, they gave up, so that was something with with Barkley. We got tackled for a loss probably I don't know four or five times a game because he's trying to you know use his athleticism, speed, and leaping ability to get out of out of jams. But um, they were the running game was good, and I, I think it's going to be better against against Pitt even. Um, so one of the other players I was, uh, I was looking out for was uh, was Michael Parsons. And mm-hmm. as soon as he went in the game, it looked like they were almost targeting him because mm-hmm. three plays in a row went to his side yeah. uh, as soon as he went in the game. So I don't know if that was intentional or if that was just, you know, by luck. But as soon as he came in the game, I was watching for him. And yeah. he, he was involved in a lot of plays. He was around the ball, which was good. He wasn't being pushed around too much, so I think mm. he's really going to develop as the season goes along. He 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 looks looks like he's going to be you know really really something something special. I mean a lot of, um, uh, I mean the a lot of freshmen had an impact. Ricky Slade had had a great impact. Um, one you look for, uh, Pinninger the kicker impact. Michael Parsons, you know, got out there, ran around, kind of did his thing. I think Dotson, um, the receiver, had played a couple snaps. I think they had like nine guys, nine true freshman play or seven true freshman play. I can't remember. Um, but, but regardless, they, and I think PJ Mustafer actually had a, uh, had a tackle for loss or no, I think they only had one sack and that was Nick Scott, but, um, there's a lot, a lot to, to work on certainly for, for Penn state. Um, but I'm not like panicking cause Appalachian state's a really, really talented team and you see, okay, this team has some, some Penn state's going to have fight in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to fall into that situation when you get up two touchdowns, you want to win by four touchdowns, yeah, especially when you have the opportunity, but. Um, you know, Appalachian State's quarterback. That's that's the first pick in the draft. If he keeps playing like that, and that's just not going to happen. So I'm not I'm not like totally bent out of shape about it. There, I mean, it was good coverage on a lot on a lot. The two main passes he threw, the one was a touchdown, the one put him on the one, and it was like pretty good coverage. So. Did you think Penn State was going to lose at any point? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, for too. sure. Multiple points for sure, for sure. Um, I, I think so. I was out of town when. Um, this weekend mm-hmm. and I, I found somewhere to watch the game and, and as the game went on one of the gentlemen that was uh with me was like you know if, if they lose are you going to be upset for what like 10 minutes or like an hour <laughs> and i'm like 10 months yeah, 12 weeks oh. <laughs> and he's like what, what what do you mean i'm like well if if, if they lose this yeah. there's it's just it's literally going to damper every single saturday going forward yep. 
Um, it's different when you lose to Ohio State in right. week 10 right, right, right. as opposed to just week one. It, it, yep. It's crushing. It's like what happened to Pitt two years ago. It's, yeah. it's crushing. I mean, I said, you know, the best possible thing that could have happened when App State was driving for the touchdown to put them ahead was that they got in the end zone. Because I said Penn State's not going to stop. Yeah. Not, not going to yep. stop them. I, I was thinking this. So same let's exact let's thing. make sure they get in the end zone, and then I, we have a much better chance with McSorley. Of course, then I see because they they had a chance to get that first down too. And if they got that first down, yeah. they could have well, kneeled the ball and then kicked the field goal. I, I think it was Moore who had the touchdown. And he should have tackled ten times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he walked into the end zone. So that was the best thing that could have happened. Um, and I said that at the time um, because I would much rather have McSorley on the field. If you're more defense, what like is there any chance you you know step out the one there? I was thinking about that. Do um, the old Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook, yeah, when he did that and mm-hmm. just killed fantasy teams everywhere. But um, he wasn't. Nah, I mean, yeah. I don't think, college, I don't, college, I don't, yeah, college, I don't think he can do things that. like that. Um, but just what, I mean, you know, a tough win, a gritty win, but nonetheless, a good win for, for uh, the Nittany Lions. Um, a lot to be excited about, um, a lot to be worried about. It's good to get these freshmen some in-game experience, um, and hopefully they can just keep building and, and learning and, and improving. Because you have a young team out there, and, and you're going to have to have guys step up and make plays. You know, last week was KJ Hamler. Who's it going to be this week? We'll we'll certainly find out um, against Pitt at eight o'clock. You see, uh, um, there's like <laughs> the Pirates are playing, and I don't know if you ever have you ever been down there to Pittsburgh, like where the stadiums are. Yes. So you know how they have like um, I guess they just have kind of like a really long lot that almost ex- like. It appears to be both a Heinz Field and PNC Park lot. It's just that super long one. And then I think they have, like, um, some other ones going, like, I, I, I have been there in a couple of years, but there's, like, a hotel at the way end of a parking lot. And yeah, it's, like, it's like all okay. tailgating. But apparently it's all Pirates lots for the Pirates game. So they're not opening lots to tailgate till 5 for the football game. You would have to get yeah. – and I think they're trying to work it out where you have to, like – get a parking pass for the Pirates game, and then you can just stay. But I don't know if you're allowed to tailgate during the Pirates game if yeah, you have nuts. a parking pass. So it's it's a, it's a not a great great look for uh, um, for Pitt before before this big game. Um, and, and I just saw, right before we started recording, uh, Narduzzi, their coach, is, is back onto his, this is a big game, this is a huge <laughs> game, like that, that whole spiel. Um, Appalachian State would beat Pitt, though, and, and um, I think that this is where Trace really is going to shine in, in this game. And um, I think Penn State. He wins. should. He should come out hungry. I mean, he destroyed. Oh, he's, he's going to. Yeah, they killed him two years ago. What yep. do you have? Four interceptions or something crazy. And, and like the that? one that yeah. ended the game. Yep. Yeah. So he's he's going to be ready to go. And uh, uh, I just I just can't wait for for next Saturday. That's that's the one thing I don't like about uh, Penn State season is that the weeks are just so long. They're <laughs> just so long. Time for the Shane Train. Question number one, Major League Baseball uh, average batting average is on pace to be the lowest since 1972. What gives? Good pitching. Is it good pitching or is it just everything is performance enhancing related is is off the table? I honestly think it's good pitching. Yeah. Looking <laughs> looking across like each day if I'm on the score and I'm looking across the different pitchers, mm. the older pitchers who used to be the team's or the league's best pitchers, they're like the middle-class pitchers now, it seems like. Like, you see, like, Verlander and, like, Hamels. And yeah. obviously, Hamels has been on a tear since he got to Chicago. But yeah. you're seeing these names of guys that aren't the, the you know, face of the pitching league. Uh, it's, but they're still very relevant. And yeah, I, I think that's a huge reason why. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, it feels like uh, up until probably yesterday, the the NL Cy Young was a three-horse race with, with Scherzer, Nola, and DeGrom. And I, I think... If, if the Cy Young Award goes to the best pitcher, then it has to be DeGrom. I mean, look, his his bats so. aren't batting. I, I think it's Scherzer. I, it, having, like, 
a sub two ERA is incredible for a mm-hmm. season. Scherzer, Scherzer reminds me, not not in the way he pitches, but just his demeanor of Holiday, of Roy Holiday. He just he goes out there and says, yeah, "I'm going just to kind of pitch like faster than guys. you." Yeah. yeah, try and hit um, this. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I, I like Scherzer a lot. Nola got uh, he he just couldn't have afford, he couldn't afford giving up four runs in a game, and he did that last uh, last or two days ago. So it's probably done for him, and it's basically done for the Phillies too. They're four games out after losing today, and and. Luckily, the Braves lost as well to the Red Sox. But if the Phillies can't capitalize on on them playing the Marlins and the Braves playing the Red Sox, they don't don't, they don't belong in the, in the playoffs. And, and the bats are are completely dead. So uh, there's still a little season left, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think the pitching's been been really good. And and teams are. I, I mean, you mentioned Verlander. Houston has five great pitchers. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams are, are going three deep now. And, and yeah, Cleveland has yeah. three really good pitchers. It's yeah. yeah it's deep. It, I, I don't. I kind of. I, I kind of like watching pitching as opposed to, to I absolutely agree the games go a lot faster yeah I absolutely <laughs> agree I used, so. that's why those that one year on the Phillies was the best to go to <laughs> yeah. because it had Holiday yep. Lee uh Hamels it was every time you went it was going to be like a game that was less than two and a half yeah, hours long yeah, exactly. it was awesome all right uh Le'Veon Bell was a no-show at Steelers first practice um I, I I wrote this a little while ago and I just heard some, or saw something on TV about he says he's in great shape and, and he's there week one and everything but um, this this happened last year, uh, so I wrote in all likelihood he'll return before the season begins. I mean, he'll definitely be there week one. What's his role going to be on week one? He had 13 carries week one last year. Mm-hmm. What, I what, think what it will think? be, based on how James Conner performed in the preseason, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a timeshare. I would say, I would honestly say it's going to be 55% Conner, 45 I, I, I wonder if Tomlin realizes that, okay, last season— I give him 13 carries the first week, and it took him four games to get to 200 yards. Maybe that was a mistake. I know. I. I, I mean, I hope he changes that because I have him on the fantasy squad. But, but we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's it's just it's such. It, I just I, I hate it. I, it's, it's the one thing I hate about the NFL so much. These stupid contract disputes. It's 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 ridiculous. It's so it's weird how so how players can hold out for yeah. for wanting a new contract. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's something that should change. It, it's just so annoying. I, I really can't stand it. And it's only from a fantasy perspective. All right. Speaking of fantasy, this is this is a big move in the fantasy uh, world. Channel you know what I'm getting at here. Nathan Peterman, Bill's starting quarterback. Are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised. I think, I mean, they, <laughs> I guess I, I'm surprised they let uh, T time go, to T Mobile go. It's 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 incredible that that Taylor was so disrespected by that I, organization. He was yeah, it's a good quarterback. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, Peterman's just awful in every way. Um. David Johnson, I, I just just read about this. There was an article um, today. He in 2017, I believe, him and his wife watched a couple documentaries on Netflix and became vegan. And he said he had to give up the vegan lifestyle because he lost 12 pounds in two weeks and couldn't keep weight on eating mm-hmm. a vegan diet. Um, should professional athletes be able to eat any any kind of diet they they, they choose? Yeah, they I, have access to the. Some of the greatest dietitians uh, in the world, it, and right. like Adrian, Adrian Foster, is that his name? Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Foster. Yeah. He did this a few years ago, where he gave up all you know everything like that. And right. You have people at your disposal who can take that information and say, "Okay, I can still come up with a diet for you that will give you all the nutrition that you need." Right. For for a guy like David Johnson, though, losing weight rapidly can't can't be a good thing when he's carrying guys into the end zone on his back uh, in 2016. I feel like it sounds weird to be like, all right, you can only eat what we tell you to eat. But I mean, they do it for. I think if you're fat, then it's okay. But if you're in shape, then it's not okay. Like if you're if you're Vita Vea and you're 400 pounds, mm-hmm. they're going to get you down to 315, and you're going to or three 
<laughs> hopefully 315 and you're going to eat exactly you're going to eat whatever these nutritionists tell you to eat and you can watch whatever you want on netflix but you're not going to get off their program or you're not going to play for david johnson because he's like this in shape guy i feel like he gets a pass and can just say i, I watched the documentary on netflix so now i'm going to go ahead and, and start eating vegan with my girlfriend and he's like he's like i was miserable the teammates were like razzing him and he now can't keep weight on it feels a little little i don't know it feels a little little dangerous to me hmm. they, they should use the resources that they're afforded because they're paying nutritionists like a hundred thousand yep. dollars a year to you know tell them to not eat too many uh, skittles um <laughs> where am i number five the Sixers will interview three gm candidates at uh, golden state's larry harris uh, former coach and front office guy there houston's gerson rojas and utah's justin zanuck are you disappointed in this uh, list of names no i th- i think that they I mean, there was a report that they tried to get Daryl Morey. I mean, they're trying to go for well, the best of the best. And obviously, like, Daryl Morey and Danny Ainge, that's what every single owner wants. Sure. And no one's going to get because they'll be paid the highest. At, right. they'll, ma- they'll have any yeah, offer match. They have contracts. Yeah. Um, it's um, Do you think if, if I mean, if Daryl Morey is just a guy on the street, though, or not a guy on the street, he's Daryl Morey, but he's he's not, not employed by anyone. Um, and he has an opportunity to be the GM of Houston or the Sixers. What do you think he picks? Um, Houston. Really? The six have all the cap, all the young talent. I mean, I feel like it's definitely like, well, okay. So for, if he's for, a guy off the streets, so pretty much yeah. what you're saying is like Sam Henke. That it really seems like a, he's the, the, the logical yeah. guy who well, they want to run this team. It really does. I, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's definitely that's true. what they're looking and, for. And why, why wouldn't you want him? Because I, I think what he, what he, he has got a pretty good track record. Um, so I don't I, like, I don't, I, I don't think that it, you could only screw this team up with everything, all the resources you have. You can only screw it up. There's, there's no way, um, you know, that that a guy steps in and does some great job because he's always going to say, well, you started out, look what you started out with, Justin Zanuck or, or Gerson Rojas. Um, I, I think you can only screw it up. You can only screw it up. I, I don't, I, so I, I, just, I guess I don't care. I, like Brett Brown could be the, the GM for the, for, for the rest of the season. I wouldn't really mind. I mean, I, I do care because, like you said, people can screw it up. That's yeah. what. Colangelo did. He he threw away one of our <laughs> most valuable assets. He just threw it away. Yeah, yeah, he was an idiot though. I could run this team, and I should. I'm going to campaign. All right, uh, former Michigan. This is good. Former Michigan wide receiver and Big Ten analyst Braylon Edwards has been suspended after tweeting, uh, "Quote: Effing Michigan offense so predictable. Michigan football is sadly one thing: trash." <laughs> is it fair that he was punished for speaking his mind? Yeah, I mean, you're you know you're going to get punished, but. What, I would like to live in a world where sportscasters can just do this. Like, if HBO had a Sports Center show and a guy just got on and was like, and was just like, oh my God, what an asshole Baker Mayfield is. Just like totally, like they don't even do it on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like just a totally speaking whatever they feel at any time. Yeah, I mean, I if, if you did that at your company, I'm sure HR would mind as well. Correct. So I, I think it's not just this industry. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's across all industries. I, I wish it was, I wish it was. I don't know, which was better. I think it's funny. Uh, man, that Michigan, Michigan did not look good, though. They, yeah. Did you watch you say that game? Uh, a little bit. I was, like, in and out. I, I, I was watching the end, and I was, I was at a party, and I'm watching the game kind of by myself. I watch the end, and I go outside, and someone's like, what happened? I was like, Patterson basically just, like, dropped the football. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he may have had a little money on it, but he looked awful. The play calling was terrible. I don't think Notre Dame's, like, great. And, and man, that was, that was not what you would expect from Michigan, but, whew, man. The khaki, uh, khaki crusaders. Not, I saw some crazy not, stat. Not like his, uh, his first twenty-one games, he was like eighteen and three, and then his last eighteen games, he's nine and nine. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not too good for Harbaugh. Yeah, that's not good. 
Uh, Nick Saban um, called sideline reporter Maria Taylor um, to apologize after he uh, responded to her question regarding their quarterback controversy uh, in, in kind of a, a, a terse way, I'll say. Um, should Saban have called and apologized for this? Again. Months no. of getting asked the same question. No. I mean... <laughs> No, I would. I can't. I can't imagine how how these coaches do it with being asked. Like you hate how Popovich does what does what he does, but yes, I, I get it. Yes. I totally understand where they're coming from. It's like they're trying to make stories out of non stories. Yeah. They need something to write about, so they're trying to coerce you into into saying something yeah. and then using your words against you. It's 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 got to be so infuriating. I think in that situation, why not ask a question? I don't know about Alabama's run game, about about their linebacking yeah. core. Just just I, just do you, better because you do can better. You can get there. There's so much Alabama information out there. I'm, and look, I don't I don't read the Tuscaloosa Times, whatever the hell it's called, but I'm sure their beat <laughs> writers are digging into it. Not really, you know, getting too into the look. You have two great quarterbacks. Who cares? I mean, yeah. you're going to win every game, and it doesn't matter who starts really. Um, but he's going to be asked that just <laughs> for the rest of the year until he says something. All right, number eight. Um, after his week one performance against Rice, 13 tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss, and just complete domination, basically every good defensive play Houston made the entire game was because of Ed Oliver, direct result of what he was doing on line of scrimmage. Could this be the start of his Heisman winning season? I'm betting him today, Heisman. He's going to win it. He's going to win the Heisman. No, I don't think He's so. going to win the Heisman. It, it's it, it, like I watched, I probably watched a quarter of that game total, and then I just watched the highlights, just his highlight package. It's incredible. I mean, this guy's definitely the first pick in the draft, unless unless Nick Bosa makes a deal with the devil or something. I mean, he, he's a Nick Bosa is a phenomenal defensive end, but this guy is is just he's Aaron Donald playing in college. It's, <laughs> it's it's incredible, just incredible Heisman right now. What's today? Labor Day. I'm predicting it. All right, uh, number nine. Sticking with college football. In the wake of the Ohio State situation, their top recruit, uh, five-star from Texas receiver Garrett Wilson, who was recruited by Zach Smith, says he is committed to the Buckeyes. Um, all, all in this together, we're a family. You're surprised at all by Taylor's uh, Taylor's statement, and uh, how long until he flips to Penn State? <laughs> no, I think I think we'll stay. Uh, I I didn't think. I mean, I didn't think that they would really lose any re- recruits because of no. this. I, I it's don't, Ohio State. I don't think they have. They have one guy leave like the leaves the trustee. But the the only thing is, you're gonna get. You're going to get Franklin calling. You're going to get Saban calling. You're going to have Dabo Sweeney calling. So it's, it's going to be a little bit of doubt, a, a lot of that, but, but I, I don't think they're going to really get crushed. Cause it's this. a high state. It's one of the best programs. Yep. All right. Number 10, um, little teaser to our, our fantasy shows that are coming up uh, later on. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is not suspended, but he still has that nagging hamstring injury week one. Is he a start for week one? No. They lost three offensive linemen. Yeah, he's not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, three offensive linemen, tweaked hamstring, Peter Mac, quarterback. Yeah. Peterman, Peterson, what's his name? Peterman. Peterman. Uh, uh, JP. Wait, yeah, Jay Peterman. Right? <laughs> um, I just, uh, yeah, I would not. No, I, I think this is going to be really the beginning of the end of LaShawn McCoy. That is a change ring. That is all the time we have for this uh, abbreviated episode of our uh, normal podcast because we are coming back uh, with several fantasy football related episodes uh, later this week. Um, so we hope that you don't mind the uh, the abbreviated main show and we hope you'll listen to the fantasy episodes coming up later. So for Shane, I am Joe saying bye. <laughs>